We have a covenant. Last week I did not get to preach because Pastor Corey had sent a video and uh, we received a lot from what he shared, correct? But this is something that I've been sharing now for really since the beginning of this year. But for the last two months, I've been speaking to you on this covenant. Everyone say, we have a covenant. And I've emphasized that it's a covenant that we have with God. And we entered into this covenant when we gave our lives to Jesus. Amen. When we became members of the family of God. The Bible says that we are members of the household of God. So not everyone is a member of the household of God. You can be in church, yet you're not a member of the, of the household of God. The only way to be a member of the household of, of God is when you acknowledge Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says, with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Call upon the name of the Lord, and thou shalt be saved. God's able to save to the uttermost those that call upon him in faith. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not what? Perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So we entered into this covenant relationship when we gave our lives to Jesus. Amen. Amen. And I honestly believe that the worst thing that would happen to anybody sitting here today is to go to hell from church. Because you've been hearing this, we preach it, and I've said nobody's blood would be on my hands. I'll keep preaching repentance. I'll keep preaching salvation. I'll keep preaching the truth. I'll keep preaching what will keep stirring and poking your heart. We live in such a time in church history where people just want their ears tickled. But here we're not going to tickle any ears. The truth shall set you free. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father except by him. We don't have many ways to God. There's only one way. And his name is Jesus. You're going to get excited this morning or you might just... You might just have to repent today and give your life to Jesus if you've never done so. Maybe you've been in church, you're religious, but you've never given your life to Jesus. I want to announce to you, there's only one way to God, and that way is Jesus. That's the only way we came into this covenant relationship. And like I told you, we access all that is available to us in Christ. Because we are children of God. Not because we give you principles or 10 keys or 20 keys or 50 keys. No, because we are children of God. This inheritance you access because you are a child of God. You are in God's family as a child of God. Can someone say praise God? And I've told you that my kids don't live in my house because they have principles that they have written down that they read to me every day and that gives them access to my house. No, my kids live in my roof and in my house and under my roof and we eat at the same table. Why? Because they are my children by virtue of birth. 
they live in the house. By virtue of birth, you have access to the inheritance. One amen, thank you very much. Amen. Now three, four, five amens. <laughs> by virtue, tell your neighbors by virtue of birth. Are you a child of God? Yes. There's an inheritance. Yes. Amen. Amen. So we've looked at we've looked at the abuse with regards to prosperity. We've dealt with so many of them. Right? And I'm sure for those of you that have been following us on this series you are not going to fall to the schemes and the gimmicks anymore. Send a $20 offering and we shall send you a bottle of water from the River Jordan. This is 2020. So your offering, you must give a prophetical offering. $20, 20 cents. It's all gimmick. The Bible says, let each one give. As he has made up his mind. Not out of pressure. Not out of compulsion. Not out of a necessity. Because God loves. A cheerful giver. Here. We emphasize that. No games. No gimmicks. You want to give. You give. You don't want to give. You keep your money. But we encourage you to give. And we have givers here. Can someone say amen? amen? So let each one give us his made up his own mind. Not out of necessity. Not out of compulsion. Because God loves a cheerful giver. The thing about giving is this. When you teach giving according to the truth of the word. People would give. Because here is the thing. The pressure is not on the people. The pressure is on the word of God. We put the pressure on the word. We teach what the word says. And we let the spirit of God breathe on that. The Bible says, And the Lord kept working with them, confirming his word with signs following. What does God confirm? His word. God does not confirm philosophies of men. God does not confirm popular opinion. God does not confirm what this one says or what that one says. God confirms his word. His word, his word, his word. And when we preach and teach his word, that is what the Spirit of God confirms. And that's why we've seen this message work. Even though we live in such a time today where there is a major backlash on the subject of prosperity. And I told you why there is a major backlash. Because of the way it has been presented. This is not a game. This is not a gimmick. And I've said to you over and again, we are not giving to be blessed. You don't give to be blessed. You give because you are blessed. You, listen, the Bible says God hath blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Listen, you are blessed already. You do what you do because you are blessed. You don't do what you do because you want to be blessed. The blessing is upon you. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord. It maketh one truly rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Neither can toiling increase it. The blessing is upon you. I said the blessing is upon you. Amen. Oh my God, that amen needs prayer. I said the blessing is upon you. Amen. See, the blessing upon you makes you rich. Amen. Oh yeah, I believe there are principles. I fully believe there are principles. But you see, the world has used the principles in the Bible to make headway. And they work. You go to business seminars. They pull out principles from the Bible in a secular business seminar. And they apply Christian biblical principles in their businesses. And it all works. But listen... It's not just about applying principles to make some money or applying principles to grow your business or grow your finance. Because when it's all said and done, the Bible says we brought nothing into this world and we're taking nothing out of it. 
The only thing, listen, listen to me. That's why Jesus said, lay not up treasures upon the earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures where in heaven. You can lay up treasures here or you can lay up treasures there. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So even though you have millions and billions here upon the earth, it is not what you hoard up. It is what you give up. Oh, let me say that again. Somebody's going to write that down. It is not what you pile up. It is what you give. The, 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 see, the prosperity of a man is not measured by what he has kept, but by what he has given. Now, what I've been trying to do is present prosperity from biblical standpoint. I'm not presenting it from the human natural standpoint of how much you have laid up in your bank account. No. Because you can have billions in your bank account and in, in the eyes of God you are broke. Because the day you breathe out your last, you're going to leave all of these things behind. And you will stand before your maker. And you shall give account of what you've done with what he gave you. So you're going to lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust doth not corrupt, where thieves cannot break through and steal. Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Notice it does not say where your heart is, there your treasure will be. It says where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Because when you're laying up treasures in heaven, your heart will be looking to go to heaven. See, Giving is so important because it also helps us develop eternal perspective. The more we give in the kingdom, the more we want to go to heaven. That's a fact. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will follow. There your heart will be. Listen, I have so much laid up in heaven, I can't afford to miss out. Mentality. The more you give in the kingdom, the more you think about heaven. The more you give in the kingdom. The, listen, we look forward to the day when we appear in heaven. And men and women will run to us, boys and girls, will run to us and shake hands with us and thank us. Because if we had not given, they would not be in heaven. Because it's our giving that sent that ministry to their town. My God, it's our giving that sent that evangelist to their village. If we had not given, the evangelist would have not gone to their village. And if the evangelist had not gone to their village, they wouldn't have been saved. So on this side of eternity, I will not see them. But on the other side, I will see them. I would know them. And they will shake hands with me because I gave five years ago. Or because I gave five years from now for that evangelist to go there. Or for that TV preacher to reach them. And now they are born again. Never got to see them on this side. But I see them on the other side. Amen. We have to have eternal perspective. So the subject of prosperity, when we preach it and teach it, it's more about the heart, not more about the money. <laughs> it's more about the heart, not more about the big house. But unfortunately, many have made it about the house and about the car and about the suit. But it's always been about the heart. I said it's always being about the heart. Amen. I said it's always being about the heart. Amen. Mm. I'm preaching to myself. <laughs> if you're not getting excited, then I should be getting excited because this message is a blessing to me. In actual fact, I approve this message. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So prosperity, prosperity, prosperity. I mean, the word itself has become a taboo word. People don't want to talk about prosperity anymore. Preachers are now afraid to even mention the word. Because of the attack. Does your church preach prosperity? Is your pastor a prosperity preacher? I tell you, I am a prosperity preacher. Amen. 
But let me explain before you judge me. Especially those that are going to watch this eventually. There is nothing like prosperity gospel. There is no prosperity gospel. Let me say that again. There is no prosperity gospel. There is the gospel. Did you get that? Now, it becomes perverted when you say prosperity gospel, healing gospel, uh, deliverance gospel. Because the moment you change the gospel to that, you pervert it. Did you get that? In the gospel is prosperity. In the gospel is healing. In the gospel is deliverance. We preach the gospel. And as we preach the gospel, healing comes. Deliverance comes. Prosperity comes. Freedom comes. All that man needs is wrapped up in the gospel. In the book of Romans 1.16, Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto sozo, unto salvation. That's the word sozo. Unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and then to the Greeks. So in the gospel is all that man needs. Can someone say amen? amen? Apart from the gospel, no prosperity. Apart from the gospel, no healing. Apart from the gospel, no deliverance. It's the gospel we preach that brings and produces all these things that people need. That is why I say, yes, I preach prosperity. But it is the gospel I preach that produces prosperity. <laughs> Do I preach healing? Yes, it is the gospel I preach that produces healing. Do I preach deliverance? Yes, it is the gospel I preach that produces deliverance. Do I preach on marriage and family? Yes, it is the gospel I preach that produces a healthy home. Come on now, shout praise the Lord. We must understand what the gospel is. This is the gospel. Can someone shout praise the Lord? Let's go to what I want to share today. I'm going to do this quickly. And then if we have any other thing we want to do, I just wanted to take the time as the Lord led me to say the things that I just said. Can someone say amen? If you've not followed us on this, I want to encourage you to please do. Now, this uh, that I've been sharing for the last three or four weeks, it's, it's like a subtopic of the covenant of prosperity. We've been looking at inevitable keys to prosperity. Now, I said all of that, and I had to establish all of that before people so that they understand that these keys that we're giving to them were giving to them based on the fact that they are already children of God. Do you understand that? So these keys are to activate. I want to say to activate. What does a key do? Unlocks, exactly. So we give these keys to unlock, to activate, and the first key that I gave to you uh, in this subtopic of inevitable keys to prosperity is hard work. That was a hard work. <laughs> hard work does not mean lifting heavy weight. It means putting in your best into your area of gift. I work hard on my ministry. How do I do that? Come to the office. Uh, <laughs> you, you've got to work hard on what God has gifted you with. If you're called to be in music, be the hardest worker. Come on now, say amen. amen. So that's the kind of hard work that I have emphasized. Amen. That's very important, hard work. And then I talked about wisdom. That is the second key, inevitable key to prosperity, wisdom. The Bible says, wisdom is the principal thing. It says, in all thy getting, get wisdom. Is that correct? Yes. So get wisdom. Get what? Wisdom. The Bible says in the book of James, let him that lack wisdom ask from the Lord. 
who giveth to all men liberally. Come on now, and abrades not, and it shall be given to him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Mm. So you ask God for wisdom, and God is delighted to give you wisdom. God is not going to hold back wisdom from you when you ask. Can someone say amen? amen? Number three, which was two weeks ago, I talked about, and I didn't get to preach last week because Pastor Corey sent a message. So two weeks ago, I preached on doing the right vocation is an inevitable key to prosperity. See, the manufacturers would manufacture a product for a purpose. Correct? Yeah. They built a car for a purpose. They manufactured an airplane for a purpose. They manufactured the AC for a purpose. The microphone for a purpose. The chair was built for a purpose. What's your purpose? Now, you, <laughs> this is good. You, you, you say, you, the, the keyboard for a purpose. You've got to use the keyboard for the purpose for which it was manufactured. And don't you think that God, the greatest manufacturer, the greatest designer, the greatest architect, built you for a reason? Now the question is, what's the reason? That's the key. You see, you can work hard in the wrong place. It's going to equal failure. You see, this is why most Christians fail. It's not because they are not giving. But think about it. Even if you gave, let's say you gave money now in the offering, and good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over comes back to you. What will you do with it? You see, where you channel the money to will determine the productivity. But my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. Where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. Where there is no vision, the people perish. So if you, let's say a lot of money is given to you right now. The question is, what are you going to do with it? Have you not read that most Americans who win a million dollars in the lottery go back to poverty within a year? Have you not heard that? Have you not read that most sports men and women, especially football players, Americans refer to them as soccer players. Have you not read that most soccer players, football players, return back into poverty within five years after retiring from active football? That some of them right now are making a hundred thousand pounds weekly. And they are living ostentatiously. Driving a Ferrari. Right? Yeah. Living large. But within five years after retiring from active sports, it is said that over 60% returning to poverty. Why? Listen now, this is important. Because, you see, for 15 years, you made money by kicking a round object. <laughs> and that's good. That's a gift. But when you kick the round object for 15 years or for 20 years, because your lifespan as a football player or as a sports person, depending on the sports, of course, your lifespan is 15, 20 years. Correct? You start playing professional maybe at the age of 16, 17, and you run for 15 years, you're done. My God, we were playing football the other day. <laughs> Don't even get me started on this one. We were playing football. I said, oh, let's go. I used to play football, so let's go. Where were you, bro, Emmanuel? We were expecting you on Friday. <laughs> you had a game. Oh, my God. 
I pulled up my arm string. The right one first and then the left the same day. <laughs> Next week, I go again. We had not even started. I pulled the left one. <laughs> last, this last Friday, I told the guys I'm not playing. I would be your referee. <laughs> I will, I'll just sit somewhere and clap for you guys and enjoy the game. And that's what I did. You know, the, the older you get, the stronger you get. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Now, come on now. Don't, don't, don't shout me down. I'm preaching good. The older you get, the stronger you get. You thought I was going to say the older you get, the weaker you get. No. The older you get, the stronger you get. Can someone shout amen? <laughs> Glory to God. No, the problem was because I just did not loosen up properly. And I've not been playing for a long time. But give me some time, bro. Let me, let me, let, let this body fall in shape. And I'll show you guys. But how many, how many years do you play actively? 15 years, 20 years at most. 25 years at most. And there you retire. Then where do you channel all the money to? Are you getting my point now? If you've got nowhere to channel the money to, you, your ostentatious lifestyle, don't forget you've lived like that for 15 years. It's going to continue, correct? But then after a while, because you're no more making 100,000 pounds weekly, uh, Instead, you're losing money. You get to the place now where you begin to cut down. <laughs> you begin to cut down on the way you spend, and eventually people lose everything that they've worked for. Like the lot lottery I just talked about. One million dollars. It is said 90% of Americans that win the lottery go back to poverty within a year. One year, one million dollars. Think about that, one million dollars. Why? Because the moment they win one million dollars, even their dead relatives wake up. <laughs> they start getting phone calls from everywhere. Your uncle this, your auntie this, your niece this, your, your... Everybody begins to call you. Right? Is this helping anybody? So the right vocation is what I talked about two weeks ago. Find your place. That's a major key to prosperity. Find your, tell someone, find your place. And when you find your place, give it your best. No, no, don't please. I'm not just, listen, what I'm telling you, what I'm telling you is important. What I'm telling you is important. This is all biblical. Very important what I'm telling you. Find your place. Find your place. God has a place for you. You're not, you're not on earth by accident. You're not on earth by mistake. Find your place. You've got a place. Do you have a place? Yes. Good. You fill that place with dignity. You fill that place with honor. You fill that place with the purpose of bringing God glory. And you work very hard at it. And you must. It's a must. I'm not going to say you, you, will, you must succeed. You will succeed. No witch, no wizard, no demon would stop you. You will succeed. Why? Because it is God's purpose for your life and nobody can stop it. The Bible says, whatever God does shall be forever. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken from it. God does it that men may fear him. Find your place. Tell somebody, find your place. Unfortunately, people are, I mean, some people, you look at them, they look like, one day they are this, the next day they are this, the next day they are that, the next day they are that. I mean, they're all about the place. Find your place. Can someone shout amen? amen. Now, today, number four key to, uh, in, no, number four inevitable key to prosperity, a healthy mind. Having a positive, healthy mind is a key to prosperity. 
Because the way we think affects the way we live. The words of a man reveals his mindset. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. The way a man thinks, watch this now. The way a man thinks is formed by his experience and indoctrination. The way a man thinks is formed by his experience and by his indoctrination. People are being brainwashed to think a certain way. And the Bible says the way a man thinks is the way the man is. You cannot excel more than the thoughts you have. Let me say that again. You cannot excel above the way you think. The way you think plays a major role to your success. Mm-mm-mm-mm. The way you're being indoctrinated, the things that you've allowed, the experiences of your life have formed the way you think. The Bible says, as a man thinks, so is he. So our thought pattern affects our productivity. It also affects the outcome of our lives. Therefore, watch this now. If you want the fruit of your life to change, you've got to change the way you think. Have you heard of the elephant syndrome? How many of you have heard of the elephant syndrome? Have you? Now the elephant, you know it's the biggest and strongest animal in the wild. The big elephant. So big, when it will fight his opponent, he will kneel upon them and crush them to death. Crushing bones and crushing vital organs. The elephant would, would hit strong, pick up a car and fling it away like he would pick up a piece of paper. That's how strong the elephant is. The elephant will push down a tree. If you enjoy wildlife, I mean, I watch this thing a lot. Will push down a tree, just push it down. Boom, down goes the tree. But when you take a baby elephant, listen to this. This is what is known as the elephant syndrome. When you take the baby elephant and you put a big chain around its ankle and chain the elephant to a big tree, the elephant will keep trying to break free. Keep trying to break free. Watch this now. And as the elephant tries to break free and cannot because of the big chain around his ankle, tied and chained to a big massive tree, the elephant will come to the conclusion that it's not working. I cannot break free. Did you hear me? When this elephant becomes a mighty beast, this same elephant that was chained to the tree. You untie the chain and you tie a a tiny rope around its ankle and tie that rope to a small tree. All the elephant needs to do is, and it will break. But the elephant will never do that. This big elephant, this big beast will still Stay tied to the small tree because it has been conditioned to think, I can never be free. All the elephant needs to do is, that's it. But there is a mentality that has been formed when this elephant was a baby. He has come to the conclusion that I cannot be free. That's what we know as the elephant syndrome. And a lot of people in the church, though they are born again, they still have the mentality of the old. Israel came out of Egypt, but Egypt did not come out of Israel. That's the reason why Israel kept saying, Take us back to Egypt. We don't want to go to the promised land. 
God, through Moses, came to Israel and painted an amazing picture of what he wanted to do in their lives. But Israel did not want to come into it. Though they were out of Egypt physically, but Egypt was still in their consciousness. Oh my God. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Somebody is going to be free today from the elephant syndrome. The way you think is going to affect the outcome of your life. And don't forget, the way you think is formed by your what? Experience. It's formed by your what? Indoctrination. How have you been indoctrinated? People have been conditioned to think poverty. Even though our Lord is Jehovah Jireh. Even though our God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The people and they that dwelleth in it. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Can someone say amen? amen. He is El Shaddai, not El Chippo. He is Jehovah Jireh. El Shaddai. The God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power that is at work in us. The power at work in us is even limited by the way people think. The great power, the Bible says, if the spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, which means the Holy Ghost that raised Christ from the dead lives on the inside of every believer. The Bible says, he shall quicken and make alive your mortal body by the same spirit that lives in you. Yet the mind is the hindrance. Because the way a man thinks is the way the man is. God has all this stuff laid up for us. The Bible says, how great is the goodness that you have laid up for them that love you. Yet, most people are still scraping the bottom of the barrel. In really, some cases, the barrel is on top of some people. People have been conditioned to think like this. But I'll tell you this, oh, this morning... That there is nothing that changes the way we think better than the word of God. Amen. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 to 3 says. If ye then were raised with Christ. I like that. If ye then were raised with Christ. Seek those things which are above. Where Christ is. Sitting at the right hand of God. Watch what verse 2. Set your mind. Everyone says, set your mind. Set your mind. Now watch this. It is you that need to set your mind. God's not going to grab your mind and fix it on heavenly things. You have to on purpose. You have to intentionally set your own mind on heavenly things. Can someone say amen? amen. Set your mind on things above. On things where? Above. above. The things of God are above the things of the earth. The things of God are above the things of the kingdom of darkness. You set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden in Christ with God. Are you seeing that even the Bible has a lot to say about the mind? The Bible has a lot to say about the way you think. The Bible has a lot to say about your, your disposition to life. The Bible has a lot to say about your perspective on life. God said to Abraham, lift up your head and look. As far as you see, I give you. As far as you, what, what can you see? That's what I give you. As far as you see. So if you are short-sighted, all you're going to get is what your short-sightedness can see. But if you're long-sighted, what you're going to get is what you see. As far as you see, not, it's not up to God. Because God has made everything available to us. It is what we are able to comprehend. It is what we are able to see. It is what we are able to believe for. That is why Jesus said, if you have faith 
as little as a mustard seed, you shall say, you shall say to this mountain, be moved and be cast into the sea. And if you don't doubt in your heart, but you believe that those things which you said shall come to pass, you shall have whatsoever you say. It's not up to God, it's up to us. God has done all that needed to be done. That is why a lot of people are missing out because they don't understand the aspect of taking responsibility. We leave it up to God. One day in the sweet by and by, God will make it happen. No, God will not make it happen because Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. The price has been paid. What needed to be done have been done. It is now for me and you to connect to what is available and take advantage of all that Jesus died and paid with his blood for the church and for the body of Christ. If I'm preaching to you, then give the Lord a big shout of praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I identify with the death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and enthronement of Christ. I have to say this to myself. I have said this over and over. I, God will, I identify with the death, with the burial, with the resurrection, with the ascension, and with the enthronement of Christ. I identify myself when Jesus died. I died with him. When he was buried, I was buried with him. When he resurrected on the third day, I resurrected with him. When he ascended up to heaven, I went with him. And when he was made to sit at the right hand of the Father in glory, I also was made to sit with Jesus at the right hand of the Father in glory. That means I am in absolute dominion. I'm in absolute authority. I'm in absolute power. Everything that Jesus has I have why because I'm a hair of God and I'm a joint hair with Christ I have to tell myself this and my mind must come to terms with this reality and until people understand what has been made available and what is there for them and they begin to speak like this and align the way they think to what God has made available they'll keep living the low life when God in actual fact has made the high life available to us come on give him praise and glory in the house this morning Glory to God. Whoo, hallelujah. Say this with me. I identify with the death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and enthronement of Christ. Say it one more time. I identify with the death, burial, resurrection, ascension. And enthronement of Christ. Now with everything you've got on the inside of you. Say like you mean it. I identify. With the death. Burial. Resurrection. Ascension. And enthronement of Christ. If you truly believe it. Then shout hallelujah. Glory to God. Go with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. We're talking about the way we think. And the way we think can only be changed by the word of God. The way we think can only be transformed by the word of God. That's why it says in Romans chapter 12, I believe it's verse number 2. Don't conform to this world, but be transformed. Transformed. Metamorphosis. Be transformed. How? By the renewal of the mind. By the renewal of the mind. The Bible's got a lot to say about the way you think. Because if you keep thinking poverty, we can afford it. That's not for us. That is too expensive. That is not for people in our class. As if those who can afford it have two heads. What makes them different from you? That's not for us. We are too broke. Everyone is going through it. So we go through it too. Everyone is getting infected by the coronavirus. But I choose not to get infected. I say no, I'm not going to participate. I don't know what you say, but I said I am not. I won't participate. And if it comes near me, 
the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus will kill it. Now you're too full of yourself, pastor. You're boasting. No, I'm not boasting in myself. I'm boasting in what God can do. Paul said, allow me to boast a little bit. I boast in what he's done. Not boasting in what I'm... No, without him, I'm nothing. Without his protection, I will get infected and die. But my God, I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I abide under the shadow of the Almighty where no foe can access. I say of the Lord, He is my refuge. He is my fortress. My God in Him I trust. My God in Him I confidently rely. A thousand may fall at my side. Ten thousand at my right hand side. But none of them shall come nigh me. Only with my eyes I see and behold the reward of the wicked. Because I've made the Lord my refuge, even the most high my habitation. There shall no evil befall me, nor any plague come nigh my dwelling. Can someone shout praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. Not boasting in myself, but I'm boasting in the Lord. Amen. Let me boast a little bit in my God. My God is big. My God protects. My God provides. My God saves. My God delivers. My God comes through. There is nothing impossible with the God I serve. I don't know about the God you serve, but my God is big. My God is awesome. My God is mighty. My God is marvelous. My God is full of love. My God is full of grace. My God is able to save to the uttermost those that call upon Him by faith. There is nothing impossible with this God. When He says yes, no one can say no. When he says no, no one can say yes. When he opens the door, no man can shut the door. There is no demon in hell that can withstand this God that I serve. Let me boast in my God a little bit. He is El Shaddai. He is Adonai. He is Elohim. He is the first and the last. He is the beginning and the ending. Can someone give him praise? Can someone give him glory in the house this morning? Hey, glory to God. Hallelujah. Whoo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, Karabadasata. Carnival. I'm telling you, I'm going to so talk victory that defeat will have no place in my mind. I'm going to so talk. I don't care. I, listen, I care. I care. I care what's happening in the world. But I'm telling you, when I say I don't care, I don't mean to say I don't care about the people. But listen, the devil is at work, and I don't care about what he does. Because I have a God that's big. Amen. My God is big. Amen. I said, my God is big. Amen. I said, my God is big. Amen. My God is big. Amen. You know, sometimes you just can't speak in English anymore. You just begin to speak in Nakota Lagadige. Pastor God, what are you saying? I don't even know what I'm saying. The Bible says that he that prayeth in an unknown tongue speaketh not to man. In actual fact, I'm not speaking to you. He says he speaketh to God for no one understands his meaning. But in the spirit he revealed mystery. The word mystery there is mysterion. It means something covered that can be uncovered. So I said, Maliko to Dobalahate. Reko pari today. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to God for no one catches his meaning. But in the spirit, in the spirit, I'm exposing things that are hidden. I'm exposing things that must be revealed. I'm Maliko to la hikede brosoto. And maybe some of you might even catch along this morning if only... You will. <laughs> hallelujah. hallelujah. I said hallelujah. hallelujah. I said hallelujah. hallelujah. Glory to God. Ephesians 2 verse number 1 to 6. And you he made alive. That's why I had you three times repeat. I identify with the death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and enthronement of Christ. Watch what it says. Ephesians 2. And you he made alive. When you were dead in trespasses and sin. Stop thinking death. You are alive. Amen. Stop thinking about what you did five years ago. It's over. Amen. You let the devil beat you up every day. Yeah. You keep crying and asking God to forgive you. God forgave you. You forgive yourself.
Lord, you remember what I did? The Lord said, I don't remember. Because he took that sin and he threw it into the sea of forgetfulness. In Psalm 103, he says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed your iniquity from you. You know the thing about the east and the west? They never meet. Your sin never meets with you. Your iniquity never meets with you. And praise God that under the new covenant, the sin of people are not covered like they were covered under the old covenant. Today, they are remitted. Why? Because the blood of Jesus Christ does not cover sin. The blood of Jesus Christ washes sin away. When your, when your sin was washed away, they were washed away totally. And God does not remember them anymore. Amen. You were dead, but now you are alive. Speak like somebody who is alive. Amen. Stop talking death. Oh, we cannot do that. Uh, no, the Bible says in the book of Philippians chapter 4 verse number 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Say it with me. I can, I can do all things, all things through, Christ through Christ who strengthens me. I was dead, but I'm alive. I was blind. But now I see. Kanaboshike. Hey, glory to God. Don't talk death. You, he made alive. Talking to you. Talking to you. You, 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 you. You, 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 you. He made you alive. You didn't make yourself alive. He made you alive. He, he made you alive. You, he made alive. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. In which you once worked past tense according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience among whom also we all once conducted <coughs> excuse me ourselves in the loss of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature children of wrath just as the others i like this place but god Hey, but God, that's what changed everything. But God, I want to say, but God, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace, you were saved. And raised us up together. My God. He, he didn't save us and keep us here. He saved us and raised us up together with Christ. And, and my God, we did not just get raised up there. He also made us sit together. You know, when you sit, you are basically saying, my God, I'm in absolute authority. I'm in absolute doom. You know, when the king sits, he talks when he sits. The king won't stand and talk with you. You'll be standing, king will be sitting. We have a parable. If you keep arguing with the king, you will keep standing. Because the king is sitting while you're arguing. But you are standing. You can sit. Can I tell you you are a king? Amen. Thank you, Pastor Priscilla. I believe some of you. I say you are a king. Amen. He made you sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now, I get it. I, listen, I, there is no day I pray with this verse that I don't get stirred up. I pray this verse. I pray this verse. Where it says you, I say me. I pray this verse. And I, he made alive, who was dead in trespasses and sins, in which I once walked, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now walks in the sons of disobedience. So I say, see, so this spirit is no more at work in me. See, this spirit was at work in me, but, but it's no more at work in me, because I'm no more a son of disobedience. I've become a son of obedience. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
So poverty, I believe it's a spirit or a spiritual issue. But listen carefully. Because we know that God did not give man poverty. Poverty came to the human race when man sinned. Because when man sinned, that was when God said, from the sweat of your face, you will eat. The ground shall no more produce according to its strength. Correct? From the dust thou camest, from to the dust you will return. Correct? You will work hard, but you get little. That's poverty. But that was not God's intention. So we know that poverty is a spiritual thing. But let me also tell you this. Poverty is a mentality. Let me, let me run through some of the mentality of poverty. The fear of spending money. You know some people are afraid to spend their money. This is not about not having a lot or having a lot. A lot of people, there are people with a lot of money but can't spend it. It's a mentality of poverty. See, poverty, oh, some people think, oh, rich, you, you are rich because you have a lot of money. No, no, no. You don't understand. The, you don't understand God's idea. You don't understand God's concept. There are people with a lot of money but cannot spend it. They are so afraid to spend it. The fear of spending money, it's a mentality. The fear of lack, it's a mentality. The fear of losing what you have, it's too expensive, it's not for people like us. I know some of you have said it before. Now, in my house, there is nothing like we can't afford it. That's not to say, now get me right now. That statement does not come out of my mouth. You cannot hear it. If there's something that is needed, I'd rather say, give me some time. But I'll not say, I cannot buy it. Are you getting what I'm saying? There's not, there's no, you won't hear me say, no, we can't, we can't, no. You, you, you won't hear me say that. Give me some time. And the reason I say give me some time is because at the moment, I didn't have the cash. And don't even get me started on borrowing now. Because <laughs> I talked about that last week. For some of you who know how to run to people and borrow, Instead of believing God to bring in the cash so that you can pay cash. And you get yourself into, a, into, into debt. And then you wonder why you cannot pay. And then you say the devil is attacking your finance. When in actual fact the devil is the one that needs to stand in front of the mirror. And see the devil in the mirror. <laughs> the devil is not attacking your finance. You are the one attacking your finance. Some want to buy things just to impress. My friend has it. Let me buy it. Does it make sense? Absolutely not. Everyone has it. What of me? What about you? Do you know how they got it? Come on now. Talk to me. I'm dealing with some house issues right now. Don't let people's appearance fool you. Because not everything that glitters is gold. <laughs> don't, let everything, don't let people fool you. I remember the days, I mean, years ago, people, would, they used to laugh at me because of the phone I had. And, and, and me, per, me, I've never... Being a big fan of buying this, oh, I need a phone. I need, I've never been, I've, it, it, it doesn't move me. It's just the way I am. You give me a big phone, praise God. You don't give me a big phone, I'll use a small one. I don't, I'm not a big fan of, I've got to, I need to have this big phone. 
Hello. I'm not a big fan of that. I'm not a big fan of that. I'm not saying it's wrong, but I, it just does not, it doesn't sail my boat. Everyone is different. So what impresses you may not impress me. So don't think everyone wants a big iPhone. Some of us are not really, some of us don't really care. That's a fact. So when some people came around me, they would come around and you see the big phones. They, have, they had, and then, oh, nice phone. Yeah, nice phone. But then when they wanted to make a call, they came to me. Because they had big phones but no credit. <laughs> Pastor, can I use your phone? Yeah, go ahead. Your big phone, there's nothing in it. <laughs> nothing. See, <laughs> you, <laughs> you, listen, you've got, to, you've got to manage your life in such a way where you are not putting yourself under unnecessary pressure. If you can't afford a two-bedroom apartment, move into one. Yeah, but my friend has three bedrooms. <laughs> and so? Is he sleeping in all the three? <laughs> is he sleeping in two, <laughs> two beds <laughs> at the same time? This, this is the problem. This is the problem. See, it's a mind... See. It's an, it, it's an inferiority mentality. It's an inferiority mentality. I'm not moved by your house. I have where I'm living. And I put my head on my pillow, I sleep well. Because I'm not, nobody's calling me on the phone to pay them anything. I owe no man no money. I'm indebted to nobody. The only thing I owe you is love. So you can live in your palatial house that you, it's not even owned by, it's, it's owned by the government or the bank, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean if you know, there are people driving cars that's not their own. Yeah. Oh, nice car, nice car. It's all credit. <laughs> that's a fact. And then until we, as preachers, we begin to touch this stuff, people will keep falling into this ditch. It's a temptation. It's a temptation. But it's inferiority mentality. I'm not moved by your car. I'm not moved by your house. It's your house. Live in it. But make sure that you've paid for it. No, it's a fact. Because these are the issues that... And then, and then people attack God. And it looks like God's the problem. But God's never the problem. The man of God told the story. He said, Lord... Show me the devil that's attacking my finance. And the Lord said, go stand in front of the mirror. So he went and stood in front of the mirror. And God said, that's the devil. <laughs> that's the devil. So, inferiority. Don't judge, listen to this, don't judge people by what they wear and where they live and the phone they use. The true wealth of a person, it's on the inside. That's a fact. The true wealth of a person is on the inside. And all of these outward things are nothing but smokescreen and facade. Have you noticed that when you are insecure, you cover? Have you noticed? A lot of people cover the insecurity with nice things. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not talking to ladies. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean that. I was just saying. <laughs> but she can play something. 
My God, these shit tell you. No, it's fact. It's a fact. This truth is the truth. All the, f- all the cover, all the facade, all the smoke screen. So you don't really see the real person. And you see all, this, all these things. But then you sit with the person and talk. Ah. Ah. <laughs> huh? Is this you? <laughs> or is this a duplicate? Because what I saw from a distance is different from what I'm seeing at close range. Because when I'm the wealth that's coming out of, you know, the poverty that's coming out of your mouth is not consistent with the physical wealth that I see. The real wealth is on the inside. Say to me, the real wealth, the real wealth. is on the inside. Christ in me. Christ in me. Hope, of glory. Hope of glory. See, that's the real wealth. That's the real wealth. With every head bowed, every eyes closed. Christ in me is a hope of glory. That's why, you know, all this material pursuits. There's nothing wrong in... Uh, you can see the way I've been presenting this. I wish people would understand. This is it. This is it. This is what, this is what it is. This message has never been primarily about amassing material things. Never been primarily about that. It's always been primarily about the the, the heart of the man. And Christ in me, that's the glory we have. And when abundance comes, you will use it right. Because your heart is sold out already. So when God has your heart, He has your wealth. You don't hold back. You give everything. 